So, Rosie, you already front ran yourself. What's your best idea for the entire year of 2024? Well, it's the uh, the the bonds, bombs, barbell. Bonds and bombs. Bonds and bombs. So the bombs are basically, and this is a must in everybody's portfolio or defense stocks, global defense stocks. Uh, that's secular growth for obvious reasons. The world is in a mess. Military budgets are going up everywhere, including in formerly pacifist countries like uh, Germany and, and Japan. Um, and that's uh, not going to be affected by the recession. And it's the uh, but, but one of the few areas that actually have earnings visibility. So I like defense stocks. I should have, I wanted to save it. Uh, and uh, I like bonds, and um, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you why. Uh, can I have like a few minutes to explain um, why I think inflation is going to melt? Sure. Okay. I'll give you two minutes. Well, that's multiple minutes. Okay, but two minute warning. Do I get three timeouts? No. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the penalty box right now. Well, come bring on. your Canadian. Look, this is this is the thing is that you I cannot see. you cannot have. I mean, you can talk about your view on inflation. That's fine. You have to have a framework, and you have to have a framework that involves two powerful curves, aggregate supply and aggregate demand, okay? Aggregate supply, aggregate demand. Aggregate demand is GDP, real GDP, that's spending. And aggregate supply is productivity and labor force. Okay, so when we had the big inflation, which Jeff Gunlock got ahead of, to his credit and the credit to everybody in this room, uh, from the... Um, Third quarter of 2001 to the first quarter of 2003, every single quarter, aggregate demand growth exceeded aggregate supply growth, each one of those quarters. And in fact, in the quarter, which is the summer of 2022, um, when inflation crossed 9%, there was about 3.5 percentage point gap between the growth and aggregate demand and aggregate supply. And of course, aggregate demand was boosted by you know, the reopening trade and, and all the fiscal stimulus and the monetary stimulus, and aggregate supply was being undermined by uh, negative productivity, but also the fact the labor force, people were being paid by the government not to work. Of course, we had all the supply chain issues, so on and so forth. However, starting three quarters ago, that relationship flipped. And now aggregate supply is expanding faster than aggregate demand. And that's happened in the past three quarters. That's why inflation is going down. And it's not necessarily a straight line. And I wouldn't rely on the CPI where basically 40% of the prices in the CPI are imputed guesswork by the government and the service sector, including rents. So I said it's a flawed statistic. But here's what's important between now and the end of the year. And the Fed gave it to us on a silver platter in December when it gave us its median projections. Real GDP is 1.4. 1.4, that's stall speed. They're telling you aggregate demand is 1.4. But right now, what is aggregate supply? Aggregate supply right now is running at 4%, and I don't see it slowing down. So this year is going to be defined by 4% growth, a 4% growth, that shift in the aggregate supply curve, and only 1.4% growth in aggregate demand. What that does is it causes more than a full percentage point increase in the output gap. And there is no more powerful relationship on inflation, nothing more then the change in the output gap, which measures idle capacity in the total economy. What does that mean? It means that this relationship, this gap between aggregate demand and aggregate supply growth this year is going to take the unemployment rate to 5% by year end, 5, okay? And what it means for inflation is a 300 basis point decline. 
Capiche Paisano. That means inflation is going to zero by the end of the year. Inflation is going to go to zero. And there's nothing more powerful than those two curves. I don't know what aggregate supply, aggregate demand curve that Jim's using, but that is the only thing. If you're bringing an economist into your office and you ask them about inflation, ask them or her about their framework. So I think inflation is going to surprise to the low side. And therefore, I'm very bullish on the, on the, I'm very bullish on, on, on the Treasury market. Uh, I don't know whether it's going to stay there or not in 2025. We'll see what happens. However, do I think that, uh, I think the 10-year note is going to go down to around 2.5%, and the long bond is going to go down to 3%. And I really think that the equity market is going to have a lot of difficulty matching those uh, total returns. So I'd say because of the convexity, and if I'm right, your assumptions drive your conclusions, you want to own 30-year strips, they will deliver outsized returns this year. All right, That's that, my that was two minutes and 12 seconds. Pretty good, Rosie. I've got done. Yeah. <laughs> no. Jeffrey, you're up. I mentioned the Indian, and uh, I agree with, uh, with Japan, with Rosie's Japan as well. And so I, I think equities, you want maybe, I don't know, 25%, something like that. And I would use INDA, I would use uh, uh, Japan, and not now, but at the right moment, uh, the rest would be in, in EM broadly. Um, I think 25, I think 45% 40, in bonds, where uh, a good, good slug would be in treasuries. I don't know about 30 year strips, but you, know, you could have some of those, you know, TLT, something like that. Um, and then I like credit in the interme intermediate part of the capital structure, double B, uh, triple B, maybe maybe a little bit of, of uh, uh, in there. And that would, should be more in the intermediate part of the curve. And uh, you put that together and you get, you get pretty, good at, pretty good income out of that by uh, recent standards. I have a 25% in cash because I think you're gonna get some real opportunities between now and year end. And then 10% I would have in gold. Okay, Jim. Short tips. I'll go with zero to five years. Short as in duration? Or yeah, short as in duration, okay. not short yeah, tips, okay. but short as in duration, zero to five year maturity tips. Um, I'm gonna insulate myself from the duration on, on movements of interest rates. And um, they've got a yield somewhere in the mid fours when you add in the current inflation rate. They get paid at CPI, they don't get paid on PCE. So you've got that benefit going for you as well, too. So I, uh, and they're also, if you look at the ETFs in the short tips place space, there's 14,000 ETFs. Sort them by the biggest inflow, SPY. Um, TLT was number three, by the way. Uh, and then down at the bottom, the, it's interesting that what you have at the very bottom, biggest outflows, actually happen to be ESG, is because that's all everybody hates it, and short tips. Short tips have been bombed out. Everybody, everybody hates them right now. Do you buy an ESG too? Uh, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm staying away from the ESG one. But I mean, that's how hated they are. That's how hated they are. They're down with the ESG um, as well. So I like the idea of you know I'm I'm going to get a real yield. I'm going to get um, um, I'm going to get paid on the CPI index um, as well. CPI index in a year-over-year -year basis bottomed in June. 3%, it's 3.4 right now. And if you were to look at the base effect for CPI, um, you've got a, a hurdle coming up here from June of last, uh, from January of last year at 0.5. So you're gonna drop 
But then after that, the hurdles start going back down to 0 0.2, 0 0.1. It becomes very easy to kind of beat that hurdle um, as well. So I'll take the mid fours yield on that. I'll get paid on the CPI without um, having to worry whether or not rates are going to go up or down. All right, Charles. Right now, the model portfolio is 25% cash. Um, by the way, can I give myself a quick victory lap? <laughs> Last year, you, my top, I had two stock picks. One was United Rentals, up 68%. Then I said in the middle of the year, buy CrowdStrike, and that went up about 95%. So you beat Nancy Pelosi last year. I did okay. I did okay. Yeah. Within the stock market, uh, I, overweight industrials. I mean, there is going to be some fiscal spending on that. That's already in the pipeline. That I think on this construction, manufacturing, construction stuff, onshoring, reshoring. Um, I, I just think they're going to do extraordinarily well. Even some material names should do extraordinarily well. And believe it or not, I still like some consumer discretionary. Uh, even though I'm. Listen, Monday the consumer credit number was out. Uh, uh, consensus was eight billion. It came in at twenty-four billion. Um, it, it's it's just uh, it's it's outrageous. And people are saying they want to spend less on restaurants. And on Monday, also the Bank of America Impulse that uh, their survey came out, and of all the areas people said they would spend less on, restaurants were number one, social gatherings were number two, uh, and uh, fifty-six percent said they would save more. But the year before, fifty-four percent said they would save more. So. We're saying one thing on these surveys and doing something different. Um, it's just the last. It's the last thing. Although the cola increases this year was so much smaller than last year, I think that might be one of the things that hurts these restaurant stocks. But was it high uh, threes or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But last year was just amazing, right? Uh, and that's why uh, Folo, Yolo, all that stuff was driven by the 65 plus crowd. Although in the beginning of the pandemic, it was young folks. It was older folks who have all the money saying, you know what, I'm going to spend a little bit of this because why give it to the brats anyway and they're going to blow it. Uh, so they've been driving the whole FOMO YOLO thing. On the individual stock side, I like a, a software as a services company. I like about three of them, but I'll narrow it down to GitLab, GTLB. Uh, very volatile, but I think the stock has potential to go up 30 40% this year. And a more conservative idea would be Amazon. Love the risk reward on Amazon. Um, and, and again, I think they're just really innovative. They've got a moat, uh, you know. I, so those are those are the specific stocks and the broader picks. Five percent gold. Okay. A lot um, of gold up here today. All right, uh, Danielle. Well, I have one point one crypto personally, but I would never ask anyone else to buy it. <laughs> Not yet. Well, I know some natural buyers today that you could sell into. <laughs> yeah, hell no, I'm not selling my gold. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <coughs> three, three things really quickly. I think spreads are extremely rich, extremely rich. And I think that, that while Wall Street's opinion of whether or not we're going in and out of recession has vacillated quite a bit, CEO confidence has not. So CEOs are not finished in their cost-cutting mode. As this earnings season's getting going, they're all. It, it, it's a foot race to see who can have the bigger... I'm going to cut this percentage of my workforce. So because that's the case and because of the white collar nature of the labor market recession that started here in California, in Silicon Valley, my friends who watch inflows on a structural level, we could see a much better stock picking year because it looks like outflows from 401ks are going to kick in. And that will really have an effect on blind, passive type of investing where you just put your money in there and walk away. It's also going to have an effect on, on the more illiquid high-yield ETFs, which I would be, I would be shorting uh, in, into, into what's to come. June 
is just a few months away. It is an election year in Mexico. The, whoever's been running the country has been an absolute disaster. I was part of an economic delegation that went to Mexico. I met him in person. He's an absolute disaster. I think that Mexico is, especially because of some of these Panama Canal being dry, Red Sea, blah, blah, blah. I think that we are going to forge good, strong ties with this next administration and build out our supply chains closer to home. And I think Mexico is a tremendous opportunity going forward. All right. Well, our EM team does too as well. So uh, if you open the portfolios, you'd see that. So. Y puedo decirle también en español. So. Yeah, uh, I, I barely got I barely got the Italian he said. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna show my ignorance and try to respond. So um, I want to thank our panel. Let's please everyone put it together for our distinguished panel. Thank you.